But I'm going to be continuing today in Pastor George's series, Who Do You Say I Am, as we go through the Gospels. So I'm going to be going today to a different book of the Bible. He's been in, in the book of Matthew, and I'm going to be going today to the book of John. Now, just to tell you a little bit about who John was, he was one of the twelve disciples. He wrote 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, and the book of Revelation. And where Matthew focuses mostly on Jesus as the, as the King and the Messiah, John focuses on Jesus as, as the Son of God. John called himself the disciple who Jesus loved. He was called the apostle of love. And he was the only one of the disciples that went to the cross with Jesus when everyone else abandoned him. So that's some of the background on John. So I'm going to be going now to John chapter 8. And I'm going to start in verse 31. I I like that, that he is called the Apostle of Love. See, God loves you, but I'm his favorite. You didn't know that. Starting in verse 31, John chapter 8, verse 31. It says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me, because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you heard from your father. Verse 39, Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. The verses I just read are two of the most powerful verses in the whole scriptures. In verse 32, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And verse 36, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. See, Jesus is saying that there's freedom in him, because who is the truth? Jesus is the truth. He said, I am the way and the truth and the light. And as you get closer to him, as you worship, as you sit in his presence... There's freedom that's coming into you. He's setting you free from every addiction, from your past, from memories, from sickness, from depression, from poverty. And the truth is also the Word of God. You better know this Word if you want freedom. There's power in this Word. I meet too many Christians who tell me, you know, I really love Jesus, but I don't know His Word. You're not going to make it. 
If you want true freedom, you have to have a passion for the Word. I, I was sick for two months, lay, laying in bed, going from the bed to the couch, back to bed. And all I did every day is I took this Word and I got right in God's face with it. You know, sometimes you got to get bold. Sometimes you got to rise up in faith. And every day I say, Jesus, you said in your word, by your stripes we are healed, that you heal all of our diseases. And I was set free by this very word, by proclaiming it, by speaking it over my life every day. And that's what Jesus was telling the Pharisees. There's true freedom in me. The only problem is the Pharisees didn't like what he had to say. Instead, instead of receiving such a powerful word, what, what a promise. What a tremendous promise that if, you, if you'll invite me in, that you will be free. And you know what they said? They got offended. They got mad. They said, we are children of Abraham. We're Jews, we're his descendants. We don't need freedom. We don't need you telling us what we need to do. See, that's what happens sometimes. You share truth, you share the word, and instead of people saying, thank God, sometimes they get offended. See, the religious Jews as a whole back at that time, they were not humble or teachable. They saw everything as a challenge to their pride. See, but this isn't only for them. There's a lesson for us to be learned today. You see, through the years as a pastor, there have been times when I've had to go to people. And you know what happened? Very often I got the same response as Jesus did. People want to pick up rocks and try to stone me. Going to, there are times I've had to go one-on-one -on -one to people in love and say, that, that guy you're dating is trouble, stay away. Or, or maybe what you're doing, the way you're acting is hurting, is destroying your marriage. Or maybe in ministry, I've had to correct people and let them know that the way that they're acting, what they're doing, is wounding other people in the ministry. Say that there's a place in love to bring correction. If you love people enough, if you don't love someone, don't go tell them the truth. And don't receive truth from anyone who doesn't love you. Don't receive that condemnation. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going to people like Jesus with a heart of love and compassion. I've had people storm off. People slam down the phone. I had one woman started to scream at me right in the middle of the church. You leave me alone. Because they didn't like what I had to say because they wanted to continue in their lifestyle. See, but that was back in the day. People got, got a different way to handle it now. Now I hear excuses. You know what they say? Well, nobody's perfect. Or how about this one? 
Who, who are you to judge? The Bible says don't judge. You're not supposed to tell me anything. And here's the biggest one that I hear now in the last year or so. I'm under grace. Stop telling me about works. Don't, don't confront me. I, I, I just know grace. God's not worried about what I do because he only cares about showing me grace. You see, there's no contradiction between works and grace. Say, I love grace. I teach everywhere I go crazy, radical grace that God forgives every sin, that there's always second chances, that God could take the worst sinner and bring out the beauty of the Lord. See, that's what true grace is. But grace does not cancel out works. And I'll prove it in Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You know what that means? It matters how you act. It matters how you talk to people. It matters how you treat other people. It matters if what you're doing is destroying your family. Grace doesn't cover that. If somebody comes to you in love and, and has a word of truth, we need, to, we need to, the Bible says, to consider it. We don't just throw it out. We don't respond in offense and pride. It says in Proverbs 17.10, A quiet rebuke to a person of good sense does more than a whack on the head of a fool. Proverbs 9.7, if you reason with an arrogant cynic, you'll get slapped in the face, confront bad behavior, and get a kick in the shins. So I got, I got a lot of marks over here. I got, I... So don't waste your time on a scoffer. All you get for your pains is abuse. But if you correct those who care about life, that's different. They'll love you for it. Save your breath for the wise. They'll be wiser for it. Tell good people what you know. They'll profit from it. Say, I don't just tell anybody anything anymore. I learned the lesson. I, I look for people who are going to value what I have to say. I'm not wasting my time on, on people who are going to just say, who are you to get out of here with that Jesus stuff? And, and I encourage you to do the same. I've learned to stay away from the time wasters, the people who, who don't care. There are people who, will, who can really use, who will really treasure what you can pour into them. And I challenge every one of you, with don't respond in pride to the truth. In, in fact, it said in ver uh, chapter 8, again, verse 39, Jesus told them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works Abraham did. So there's no contradiction between grace and works. And then they had another response. They said, well, our father was Abraham. Where, 
we, we don't need you. We don't need your word. In other words, the, the religious Jews in that time, they felt they were born into a special privilege. Being a child of Abraham. But let me tell you, God is no respecter of persons. See, I hear the same stuff today from people. Oh, well, I grew up in the church. My grandfather was the right reverend doctor so-and-so. Oh, my mother, she prayed three hours a day in church five days a week. Oh, I was christened as a baby and made communion in the Catholic Church. None of that is going to help you. God cares. What are you, where are you at today? It doesn't matter who your parents were, what your lineage was. See, God doesn't care about anything. But do you love His Son? There is no special privilege in the kingdom of heaven. I don't care if your pastor so-and-so. Bishop, reverend, none of that matters. God is not impressed with titles, even though this is New York City, the land of titles. It's all about your heart. It's all about your relationship with Him. See, Jesus said that none of that matters. He told the religious Jews, you are a son of God. Or a slave to sin. I, let, you know what that means? I hear all the time people saying, well, we're all God's children. Everyone in the earth. Every person that God created, we're all his children. That's not what the scripture says. That's what the culture says. That's what TV would like you to believe. But the Bible says you are either a son of God or you are a slave to your past. You're a slave to the sin. In verse 42, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. If you're truly a child of God, you would love Jesus. Not all pathways lead to God. You know what the Bible says? Narrow is the road that leads to heaven. Narrow is the road that leads to the Father. But wide is the pathway to hell. It's easy to get into hell. You can be an atheist, a Buddhist, a Muslim. And the road is wide open. But Jesus said there is only one way. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody gets to the Father except through me. Verse 39. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it were, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth and I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. I'm going to skip to 44. Listen to this. Listen what Jesus told these people. You belong to your father, the devil, and want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth, for there is no truth in him. 
When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That might sound harsh to you, for Jesus to tell people, your father is the devil. It's not, it's not as hard. You see, Jesus weeps over the lost. He calls for them to come. See, he was standing there sharing his truth out of love with these people who hated him and wanted to kill him, but he still, he still pressed on out of his love. Jesus, the Bible says that God wishes that nobody would perish, but God is not going to water down his word in order to, in order to get people to come to him. We need to come to him on his own terms. You see, there is no other way. You eat, in this world, you either serve God or you serve the devil. They, these religious Jews told Jesus, we, we are not slaves. Yes, they are slaves. They're, they're, slaves to, they're slaves to sin, slaves to the devil. You can have all the money, all the power and fame in this world. You can have record deals. You, you, can, you, can, you can have open doors everywhere that you go, the favor everywhere. And you can be in slavery. And, and on the other hand, you could be sitting in a prison cell somewhere. And if you found Jesus, you are a free man. A few, some, some of you, you, from back in the day, you might have heard of a singer named Bob Dylan. And he became a Christian long enough to get a cup of coffee back in the 80s. But while he was a Christian, he wrote this song, you got to serve somebody based on this scripture that you either serve God or you serve the devil. Jesus said, you're either with me or you're against me. You either walk in the light. Or you walk in the darkness. There's no midway for Christians. You're either in or you're out. You can't be almost a Christian. You can't be a Christian in church and the rest of the week you're not. It's either all or nothing. And he wrote this song. And I'm going to ask if we could just play a little bit of it. It's called, you got to serve someone. See, this is how we used to do it back in the day. Pastor George, how do you like these moves here? I used to have the blues, now I got the red. Baby ambassador to England, my friend. You may like to gamble, you might like to dance. End of the world, maybe a socialite with long stringy curls, but you got to serve somebody. Hey, you got to serve somebody. Maybe the devil, maybe the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. 
a man, women in cages. Maybe a businessman, some high degree thief. May call your doctor, may call your chief. You got to serve somebody. I had to cut it off because I was about to start grooving like I used to do back in... You should have seen me back in the 60s. Whoa. Can't do that in church. I want to read that, li- that lyrics again. You might be a rock and roll addict prancing on the stage. Might have money and drugs at your commands, women in a cage. You may be a businessman or some high-degree thief. They may call you doctor or they may call you chief, but you're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Sometimes people tell me, well, I don't need Jesus. I, I don't even believe in none of that. I don't serve God. I don't serve the devil. That's a lie. There's no in-between. You can't be your own man. If, if somebody thinks that they just follow their own ways, they're deceived. I'm going to read one more scripture. I'm going down to verse 56. This is again Jesus speaking to these same people. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham? Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Just, just to get away from what I'm saying for a second, I love the scripture that Jesus slipped away. You know what that shows me? I don't tolerate people who abuse me. I don't just let people treat me any old way. If Jesus didn't let them abuse him, I'm not letting them do that to me either. But why did they get so mad that they picked up stones to kill him? They didn't try to do it when he said he was the Messiah. But when he said, I am, they knew what he was talking about because I am is the name of God. In Exodus chapter 3, God came to Moses and he told Moses, go to the Pharaoh and you tell that Pharaoh, let my people go. And Moses asked God, well, who shall I tell them sent me? And God said, tell them I am sent me, sent you. You see, what did Jesus say before Abraham was, I am? What does it mean, I am? It means God is eternal. He always existed. He always was. He always will be. He doesn't change. And He always is what you need Him to be. He's the God of the here and now. See, Mohammed is dead. 
Buddha is dead, you can call on them and they can help you. But Jesus is the great I am and he's right here, right now. You see, you can, with the name I am, you can fill in the blank to meet your need. When you're in darkness, Jesus says, I am the light. When you're hungry, he says, I am the bread of life. When we need protection, he says, I am the good shepherd. When we need a way to come to the Father, he says, I am the door. If you are faced with the death of a loved one, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And Jesus proclaimed right there that he is God and created a dividing line. And today, it goes down through the ages that people are just as angry that he said he's God. Because if Jesus is God, then people got to change their lifestyle, and they don't like that too much. People would have to change what they're doing, change their way of thinking. If Jesus is God... Let let me tell you what some of the other religions say that Jesus is. According to Islam, Jesus is a true prophet, but Muhammad is the one true God. According to Judaism, Jesus was a false prophet and a false teacher and a liar. According to the Jehovah's Witnesses, Jesus was an angel, the archangel Michael. In Buddhism, Jesus is considered an enlightened man among many others. According to the Baha'i faith, Jesus is one of a series of manifestations of God that includes Moses, Buddha, Muhammad, and somebody named Baha'u'llah. According to the New Age, Jesus is one of many paths that lead to God. And according to the atheist, Jesus is a myth. He's a story. It never existed. So we have, I'm going to give you four options today about who, who Jesus could be. Number one, the first option is that Jesus has never really existed. All the stories in the Bible are made up. And we're just here wasting our time because it's nice to gather together on a Sunday. It's good to have a little spirituality in your life. But I don't really believe that junk. That never happened. That's your first option. Option two was that Jesus was a liar. All the things he said about himself. that That he was the son of God. That he could help you, that he could deliver you, that he could save you. It's all a lie that he made up. Option three, Jesus was nuts. He was whacked out. He was deranged and deluded. He, he Somebody who was so crazy that he actually believed the stories that he told. Those are the first three options. And just to talk a little bit more about the third option, here's a quote from C.S. Lewis. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who said he was a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. 
you must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with some patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. If you say, well, Jesus isn't God, he's just a teacher, he, and he claimed to be God, he's either a liar or he was crazy. That's, that can't be an option. If you believe that Jesus never existed, that it's all made up, it's a lie, then you can't explain how I'm alive today, how I'm still standing. You know how I know that Jesus exists? Because I spoke to him this morning. I sense his presence. He's intervened in my life time and time again. I've been healed and set free. I, you can't tell me that, he, that he's a liar. So here are the options before you. Maybe you believe this is all stories, nice fairy tales for the, tell the kids. Or maybe you believe that Jesus was a liar. He made all this up just to become power, get some power. But, but it's, all, it's all a myth. Or maybe you think he was nuts. He claimed to be God. Or there's a fourth option. The fourth option. And that he is the son of the living God. That he is king of kings. And he is Lord of all. And he is worthy of honor and glory and praise. I'm going to ask you a question right now. Who do you say that he is? If you say... That He is the Lord of all, the Lord of your life, the Creator of the universe. I'm going to ask you to stand up right now and let's give Him the praise. Let's give Him the glory. If He is who He says that He is, then He is the one and only true God. If you believe it, wave your hands to heaven and begin to praise Him. Oh, Jesus! That's it. Let's give Him, give him the praise. Jesus, we worship You. Oh, God, we acknowledge you. We bow down before you. See, he is, if you say that he's the only way, if you agree with him, if you say he's not a liar, he's not a lunatic, but his word is true, if that's who you say he is, I want to hear a Holy Spirit shout that's going to shake this neighborhood, shake this region. Jesus! Jesus, we love you, Lord! We love you, Jesus! He's the only one that's worthy. The only one found worthy. He is the only righteous Holy God, there is no other way. By standing right now, what you're saying, 
is that I'm all in. I got both feet in. I believe. Father, we worship you in Jesus' name. Uh, in closing, I'm going to ask Melissa is going to come. You see, you, you can be seated. You see, in Hebrew, the word, or at least from the root word of I am, comes the name of God, which is Jehovah in Hebrew, or Yahweh, however way that nobody knows how to really pronounce it. So some people say Yahweh, some people say Jehovah. But there is healing in his name. There's power in that name. In his presence. So I asked Melissa to sing a song over you. But I especially want to ask you, if you need freedom today in any area of your life, I just want to invite you to come just as she sings. We're not going to have another altar call because God already moved powerfully. See, I need freedom in my life. You know what God told me the other day? He says, you know what your problem is? I said, what? He said, you worry too much. I need freedom from worry. So, some of us, we need freedom from fear, freedom from sickness, freedom from financial problems. So if anyone, if you want to join me up here, I'm going to come down to the altar as she sings. And if there's anyone else... That, that you want to join me today. If you're saying, I, I want the, in the presence of God, I'm going to receive freedom right now. In an out of situation that tug of war at me All day long I struggle For the answers that I need But then I come into His presence And all my questions become clear and for that sacred moment no doubt can interfere in the presence of Jehovah
a place for us to rest, a place to find the answers in the hour of trust. just got this picture. So I'm, I'm going to if you could sing the song again, but this time, I'm, I, just, I just see a river being released. If you could just sing and just walk, just walk among the people. We're not going to start laying hands on people. And I want to ask the whole worship team to come. And as she sings, I just had a picture Again, not having another altar call, but I just see the worship team just walking through the people and releasing that peace, releasing that river over the people. And that's how I want to close today. So if everyone in the worship team can come, please. I'll be your best friends. 
Yeah, I, not just the people up here, but I just, I just see you walking all through and just releasing the peace, the power, the river of God today. In and out of situations that tug of war at me all day long I struggle with the answers that I need but then I come into his presence and all my questions become clear and in that sacred moment no fear can interfere for even the presence God Almighty, He's the Prince of Peace. Yes. Troubles vanish, and hearts are Provided a place for us to rest, a place to find the answers in the time of our distress. Now there is never any reason. For you to give up in despair Just look away and breathe him in He will definitely meet you there In the presence Thank you. 
So, Father, I just release your peace right now. Those standing up here, just I speak peace over your situation. I speak freedom right now. In Jesus' name, the, the Spirit of the living God is upon you. And I break right now every wall that stands in front of you in Jesus' name. And, Father, we thank you for your Son. That he came down from heaven, born of a virgin. But he's not a baby in a manger anymore. He's mighty and powerful. And he's a soon and coming king. And we just, we just worship you. Let's have one last wave of praise for the king. He's the only one worthy. There is no other God. There is no other name by which you may be saved. And we worship you. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to remind you that we have prophetic ministry. Or if you want more prayer, we'll be in the room back here to my left. And there's going to be a meeting for those involved in the children's conference. In the room, children's church towards the back. God bless you. Be out.